Perspective is up next on Manx Radio and on the programme this week. I got Nick for uh, what before Paul Pike. A prison like no other. They don't intimidate me. I won't let them intimidate me. The world's gone soft. The best little prison in Britain starts Wednesday at 8 on ITV. We're casting our minds back to one of the most talked about television programmes in recent memory on the Isle of Man perhaps even in my living memory. Get in touch, as always. The text and email lines are open. We're awaiting your thoughts. The Nation Station, Radio. Faster my good afternoon, and welcome to this week's episode of Perspective on Manx Radio. I'm Dolan Mercer. William King is here as well. Good afternoon to Will, afternoon. Who, is, who is waving. Um, we're also joined in the studio by three guests this afternoon, Home Affairs Minister Bill Malarkey, the Home Affairs Chief Executive Dan Davis and the Isle of Man Prisons Governor Bob McCollum. Good afternoon to the three of you. Thank Hello you very afternoon. much. Good afternoon. Thank you for coming in. Um, we are, of course, here to discuss ITV's Best Little Prison in Britain documentary, which aired in six parts. Um, I'm going to go straight in with it. How did you feel the episodes went? If I could come to you maybe first, Mr McCollum. Um you always know that when you give up your prison or your environment to the media, uh, it will be portrayed in a certain way. There are aspects of it that I'm really pleased about, and it, it actually showed the staff relationships, that it is a very clean, uh, safe, secure prison. There are other aspects I would have preferred uh, slightly differently, uh, but in truth, it gave a fairly good slice of what prison life is like. And there is a lot about our prison in the Isle of Man that we should be very proud of. You said uh, to Manx Radio and and other media outlets in advance of the screening of these programmes that the department and yourself had very little editorial control over what was going to be broadcast. Um, Was it loosely in line with what you expected? That's the way that media works. You you give up that um, authority to actually do it. As I said, I couldn't script it. Uh, I can't... People make up their own minds on what a a few offenders and a few members of staff will actually say. Some of the aspects I was able to influence and influence out, but not everything. Uh, And in truth, people have their opinions about uh, prisons, even before it was actually broadcast. Prison polarises people. They can't make up their minds whether we should uh, be very hard or very soft. And the truth is, it's somewhere in the middle. And that's what you're aiming at all the time. If I turn to our representatives from the Department of Home Affairs, um, in advance of the programme, did you have any apprehension about the programme? Being being aired, being being filmed. No, no. I mean, this wasn't something that was just thrown together quickly. We this was done over twelve months, and there was a there was a pre-program uh, done um, before the main program was um, was authorised. And I'm the one, you know, I'm the one with the book stops because I authorised it to go ahead. Overall, I was very very happy with the programmes. As Bob has said, it went off in angles that we couldn't control. Um, my main angle that I wanted to. Uh, to get out there was how good we are at rehabilitation and showing you know that we are we have been working extremely hard in re- rehabilitation and this is how we do it i did actually notice in the last program they actually got to that 
which I, was, I thought the last program was was better. But obviously, they're a television crew, and they're going to they're going to try and get the best human stories they can out of it. Um, so I, I personally don't think that there was enough of what we wanted in it. Um, but overall, I thought it was a fantastic program from the other man, because certainly viewing figures were colossal. We can come back to viewing figures later. Mr. Davis, um, do you think rehabilitation featured as a theme as much as the department might have liked? I don't think it did. Um, I I think that was one of the reasons that we, we talked about why it would be a good idea to have the program you know we have got a fantastic rehabilitation regime um, we're not bound by Whitehall policy in the Isle of Man we're not uh, under the influence of any form of uh, UK uh, policy on the way that the, the prison works or probation works which gives us a great opportunity in a small community to to do some fantastic things and I'm sure Bob will talk about what he and his team are doing in the probation service a bit later on uh, it wasn't featured as much um, as, as as we would have liked but again as we said you know you, you have to seed editorial control in a program of that nature and and that was the reality of where it went um we would have liked to see more rehabilita rehabilitation because there are some fantastic stories and and individual human stories about rehabilitation but ultimately it's a question of what makes great tv and sometimes uh success stories don't always make good tv even the title of the program i'm the best little prison in britain what is defined as a good prison from the department's point of view from the prison's point of view and from the viewer's point of view are probably quite different things. I should say the working title for this was Island Prison. The title was sprung on us. It's not of our making. I need to make that very clear because I have links with lots of prisons, um, Jersey, Guernsey, small prisons across. There is no one easy way to define what a good prison is. But when I look at my prison, I see staff who engage with offenders, who build relationships, who change people's lives and get them to make better choices. I've watched some documentaries this week of prisons mm. across where I see graffiti, violence, drugs, staff being called dickheads to their face. That doesn't happen in our jail. It's respectful. We expect people to behave in the right way. And it's a prison I'm very proud of. So regardless of comparison to anywhere else, which is not what we have sought to do, we're proud of what we do because, I mean, let's face it, if a relative of yours was in the prison, what if it was your son? What if it was your daughter? How would you want them treated? Mm. So from my point of view, we've got a lot to be proud of. It is a very, very good prison. I think if you look at some of the statistics from the UK, so uh, MOJ in the UK <coughs> Ministry of Justice says that 62% 60, there or thereabouts of prisons in the UK are classed as overcrowding. Uh, overcrowded and last year in, in, in the UK prisons uh, 309 people died in prison 84 of whom took their own lives and uh, you know uh, uh, as I think um, Bob was alluding to um, how your your prison is is a reflection of how your society is and and it, if the, the worst that can be leveled at the Isle of Man is that we've got a prison that's clean safe and well run I think that's okay. How did staff respond um, both in advance of the of the process and and how have they responded since this the airing exactly the same way as any other people mixed some people would not welcome uh, the cameras but they had the choice not to be filmed others have taken the opportunity to show the relationship show the work they do we're a very hidden public service you don't get to see prisons very often and there is um, a fascination in the UK at the moment not to show prisons as somewhere of change, of positivity, but of 
actually very awful places. And my heart goes out to my ex-colleagues. I, mean, I spent most of well, 40 years working in that service. So staff are still mixed about it, but the reality is, is that would have been the same before, during and after. They're people. It's an interesting point, actually, maybe maybe one for you, Mr. Davis. Um, you mentioned just before we came on air, interestingly, about Twitter feeds within the department. Um, the, the police, to take another, another example, it's much more open, much more visible for members of the public. The prison, definitely not so. So this is a bit of a an unusual, perhaps, circumstance in that respect, do you think? Yeah, I, I mean, having cameras in prison, I think the first time that the cameras went into prison was in about 1980s, wasn't it? Was it, it Strange Ways? Strange Ways. It went into Strange Ways. And, and um, I, I know you uh, you had an interview recently with Brendan O'Friel, who was governor at Strange Ways, and he was saying, from his perspective, the more <coughs> open, the more transparent prisons are, the better. And I, I do think... Um, you know, it's it's a good thing to to have have cameras in prisons. There, are, I think prisons and and, and Bob uh, might disagree with me or might might correct me on it. But prisons, um, for a long time, you know, safety and security is is the primary thing. It's keeping people safe inside the prison, making sure they don't get out of the prison, and keeping keeping staff and other prisoners safe. And there's a lot of security protocols inside the prison, and and so it's really important that they're not exposed to the public because any time that's exposed, then people start to look at how they exploit it. And so there's always a difficult balance between being open in how we run the prison in terms of standards, uh, but 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 making sure that that security isn't compromised. And and you know the Isle of Man has an independent monitoring board, uh, and the IMB are comprised of some remarkable people who are just members of the public volunteers, and they have access to the prison at any time of the day or night, and they can come into the prison and they can look at standards they can talk to prisoners on their own and say how's the how's the jail being run are we safe are you feeling okay are you being bullied is there an issue with staff so um i i think you're right we probably can do with being a little bit more transparent and open but there are mechanisms behind the scenes already that 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 ensure that there are safeguards and checks and balances in process to, to keep keep prisoners safe and of course, Samaritans go into the prison as well, and uh, you know that's another service given, which is you know obviously very helpful if people want to co- talk to, to confidentially. You know, we were hoping to hear from uh, a representative of the production team today as well. Unfortunately, that hasn't managed to happen. But um, I presume some assurances were given from them as to what their involvement would be during their visits to the to the prison. We, we built the relationships right from the outset. Um, as the minister said just now, there was a taste of video. We, if, if that hadn't come out in the way that it had, if it hadn't through our meetings given us the confidence that the angle they were coming from wasn't to actually expose us as some sort of violent, drug-ridden um, in, uh, institution, which, which it's not, um, then we'd have never let them in. But there has to be a huge amount of trust in this and we've worked with them throughout and even through the editing stage but we don't have the final say Um, and that's uh, the human interest stories will always come out in in a program like this. Were there any points of friction do you think? Is that that inevitable? Friction is too strong but there were certainly things we disagreed about and there were I, I think I used lines like sometimes you're looking for something sensational or controversial rather than the straight rehabilitation journey because some people might see that as a bit uninteresting and boring. I don't because that's my core business. Again, um, we've mentioned that the department had <coughs> had no input into the editorial process, but was, was the tone of what was put out in line with what you expected, do you think? 
I think certainly the promotion of the Isle of Man came out very, very well in the programme. Um, they did give us a good coverage of, of the Isle of Man, and that's worked extremely well for us. Uh, we shouldn't lose sight of that. I mean, you know, there was the prison as such, but the, the pictures they were showing of the, of the TT races and the countryside and everything else certainly made people want to come to the island. Well, we know that for a fact. Um, because we, we found some tour, some visitors outside the prison taking photographs bank holiday weekend. And they'd seen the programme, wanted to know where this prison was. So they got on the boat and come over, especially to take pictures, which was quite incredible, wasn't it, Bob? It was. Yeah, we, you know. It was nice that, that that was shared with us too. Yeah. I have, having, you know, I've lived in Lancashire for a lot of my life, and the Isle of Man's a bit of a, a mystery. So many, I'm surprised so many people unaware of it. There were two thrusts in this w with the producers. One was actually rehabilitation, and that we we're going to get some balance there. Did I get as much as I'd want? Probably not, but I'd, I'd probably got an appetite for that, which is insatiable. But the second was, you will showcase the Isle of Man, because it's a beautiful place to, to live and work. Others may have noticed in the uh, closing credits, there was um, mention of Culture Vannon and of Duke Video, which I presume is, is some of that aerial photography and the TT yeah. footage and things. And let's come to um, the audience figures, because this has reached an awful lot of people, Absolutely. hasn't it? It had, the first the first program out reached 3.6 million viewers. Now that was way over any other uh, program that was being uh, transmitted that night. Uh, and remember, this wasn't just the Northwest, which we normally get. This was all all UK. Um, I mean, I've got another figure here for the third night: 3.3 million. Other places were getting 2.25. BBC Two got 1.2. BBC One got 2.25. Um, behind closed doors got 800,000. We were way ahead on figures. So it's not just the first night, we were still bringing them back. So by the third the third showing, we were still in the three million all the way through, which is incredible. Because this is not just about the prison, as I said, it was also promoting the island. And people who didn't know where the Isle of Man were, we know that. Um, we've now got our tourist people looking at figures now that's come in because of the television programme, that's going to take a little while. But I personally think it was a great promotion for the island. Mr Davis, obviously you've got extensive experience in, in, uh, in broadcasting. As a raw reach, that's pretty unprecedented, isn't it? It's staggering, actually, when you look at it as a, as a, a percentage of the market share they got on that evening. Um, it was really you know a great slot between Coronation Street and whatever else at 8 o'clock. So in that perspective, I think... You know, the, the programme did a lot of good. There was huge amounts of amazing coverage. So, um, it, yeah, it, it's a balance, isn't it? In all these things, it's a balance. And, and you've got to look at what you're getting out of it and what you put into it. Um, and, and overall, as I said before, um, I, I think I think the local perspective was probably quite different to, to, the, to the national perspective across in the UK, for example. Let's come to some of the uh, practical and logistical elements about the, f the filming process you said it took uh, quite a number of months for camera crews to to come into the prison that they were with us for six months uh, initially we were escorting them around but that makes it very um, resource heavy for us too and the fact is then is that uh, offenders see that there's a member of staff there all the time which means that you'll not necessarily get um, uh, as clear a picture as you would want so we trained the uh, camera crews in uh, key handling uh, 
and it gave them open access. So, so, so was it pretty much access all areas absolutely. by the end? Yeah, because I, I don't think you can do an honest program unless you do that. And as a consequence, they were trained to the same level that my staff are trained in Keys. I have to say, too, it's a jail that has incredible CCTV coverage, uh, greater than any, any other prison I've been to, and I've, I've been to a couple of hundred. Um, it's very well laid out, which means we can keep people safe, but it means we know where anybody is at any given time. <coughs> so as a consequence, they had access to all areas, and I think it relaxed some people into being able to, to, to tell things as they see it. Was there, was there any impact on the running of the prison? By and large, no. Um, there, there, there were times when they'd, uh, they'd try and get my staff to do things again and again. Uh, and even, even me, you end up going through doorways a couple of times. <coughs> but in truth, the day-to-day running of the jail continued, uh, continued um, uh, as usual. I'm just going to quote from one of the uh, many articles that have been written um, off the back of this series it says near the beginning of the shoot the producers filmed a wing spin in which officers make an unexpected search for drugs or other banned substances uh, the prisoners sulked for a few days because uh, they thought we had grassed i think was the the term um we've spoken a bit about some of the reactions of members of staff what about the reactions of of inmates have you had much feedback uh yet once again entirely mixed some of them um looked forward to it enjoyed it others but once again they had the same choice as the staff that they could not be involved or if they're in the background they could be uh, blurred out uh it, it's like everything else prisoners will when they, they are spun will look for where the intelligence came from. And that can be anyone. It can be another prisoner, it can be a visitor, it can be a member of staff. If you introduce someone new, like a camera crew, then they'll think it might be them too. You know, that there was, I was watching it, and I was seeing one of the offenders who was drying banana, and I'm thinking, have they shared that with us? Should they, should they be telling mm. us that? Now, generally, the view is, and the minister mentioned Samaritans earlier, and they will only share things when it's actually a matter of life and death. Mm-hmm. So, as you introduce new people into the prison, prisoners will have their own perceptions about what they might or might not be doing. But I can make it really clear, they told us very little. In fact, I found out when I saw the film for the first time, (laughs) some of the stuff that was going on. Um, Let's speak a bit about the process whereby the episodes were uploaded online um, and they were on the kind of watch again function, I don't know what the the term is. (coughs) Um, some appeared to disappear and return. There were, seemed to be some edits in some of the uh, episodes which had already gone out. Was there any involvement from the department in, in any any of those changes? No, none at all. Uh, so ITV have got a huge legal team, as you'd expect, and they are really, really conscious of things like uh, compromising any uh, court trials that might be ongoing. And so they took a view uh, when they monitored what was happening in terms of proceedings relating to offenders uh, over here and for that reason they they, they pulled uh, episodes or changed them as needed so it, it's down to them they've got a really keen eye on what's happening locally in terms of offenders who may be uh, returning to court or going to court we spoke a bit before coming on air um, lots of the matters are obviously sub judice or are in are in personal cases so we won't speak about anything in particular but um, there was clearly a desire from the editors to focus on on some personalities 
is that you, is that because you felt maybe they were deemed to be more appealing to to viewers? Maybe it, it, it wasn't a question of, of us feeling it. We didn't select anybody. That is down to the production team and to ITV. I would presume that because the jail is so unique that you have men, women, convicted, unconvicted, sex offenders, uh, that some of the things like a relationship between two offenders, a male and a female, is fascinating for some people on the outside because that just can't, can't happen across. And they seem to take an interest in what I would say are well-established offenders, the sort of people that it's really difficult to unpick their lives and to stop them offending. But for every one of those, there are seven or eight Mm. who haven't re-offended, who haven't come back. It was their selection, though. I think you're always going to get the odd one who who thinks they're going to be a star and and wants to speak out more and be more involved. You know, that's, that's, that's life, you know. That's what makes compelling TV, isn't it? You know, they want characters... Uh, that people can associate with and, and, and really identify <coughs> with. And that's that's true across any uh, sort of TV show, documentary <coughs> series of, of that nature, isn't it? You know, there's always, if you look at either, you know, something from Big Brother to other, uh, you know, more uh, serious documentaries, there, is, there are generally one or two characters who pick out and the TV producers, it's their, their role to, to pick them up and then start to weave a story based on that because we're humans, aren't we? We have a human interaction with other humans and that's how... I think the, the the documentary series makers work. You you also mentioned about the uh, the choice of slot that this was broadcast on, which gave a lot of clues, perhaps, to what ITV had in mind for it. It almost was billed as like a, a reality TV show. Maybe do you think? I mean, it's ITV, isn't it? That's that's ITV. That's the way ITV. They have a set of production values. They have a set of um, core values in, in in that they want to instill in their program making, and that's how it works. If you look at other ITV Island series, uh, they've done stuff in Guernsey. I think they've done stuff in Sark, and you know, it it is it is a lighter look. So Channel Four, uh, I think Bob alluded to it before, are doing a series on crime called Crime and Punishment, focusing on HMP Winchester, and it's it, it's a different approach. Uh, it's a different style. They're not following characters through. They're looking at the, at the overall system. Um, and it, it's just different styles of TV. You're listening to Perspective on Manx Radio. Join us again after the break. The Nation Station, Manx Radio. Pastor Mai, welcome back. You're listening to Perspective on Manx Radio. If you're just joining us, we're talking about uh, a fairly well-known and well-spoken about documentary series um on itv about the isle of man prison um we've spoken a bit about the response of members of staff at the prison we've spoken a bit about the response of some of the prisoners how about comments from the public um how do you feel it's been received i don't think it's any different to anything else some people seem to make their mind up before it was even broadcast imprisonment does polarize people so people will read into it what they want to read into it. I, I have seen things like um, this makes it look cushy and this would be a good place to go to prison. Well, let's look at the reality of it. If you come to the Isle of Man and commit crime, you are far more likely, because of the police clear-up rate, to be caught. If you go through the courts, you are likely to receive a sentence three times longer than in the UK. And then when you're convicted we ship them back to the UK prisons. 
So I don't understand how people see that as um, a viable way of doing business. I've dealt with offenders all over the place. They are not daft. If they come to the Isle of, Isle of Man, they're likely to get caught, they're likely to get a big sentence, and they will be sent back to the UK. You've mentioned that you've got extensive experience um, working in the UK and in, in institutions across. Is it right or proper, do you think, to compare an Isle of Man prison with anywhere else in the British Isles? Perhaps Jersey and Guernsey, but no. I mean, the UK system is huge, and the jails that I've governed uh, are entirely different. My last one had 1,400 prisoners. Prisons are, even prisons themselves across are different. I've, I've governed two neighbouring jails. How many, how many are there in the Isle of Man prison? Sorry, just for comparison. Sorry, 112 at the moment. Right. <coughs> We've never got up. They, they talk about 150 um, in the documentary. The most we've had while I've been there is around the 120 mark. When this documentary was filmed, it was uh, upper 80s, 90s. Uh, and that's why there's been this quote about one prison officer for each um, member of staff, uh, for a prisoner, which I'll come back to if you like. Um, so the population, pr- prisons are very individual, very different, and they go through different phases at different times with different governors. In the UK, it's very centrally driven. The policies are, um, I would say, and it's one of the reasons why I left there, inflexible and don't give you the best opportunity to uh, do the job and they disinvested in them and the results of that are very clear and if we did the same here we'll have the same. We heard um, from the governor there about some comments before the airing of the programmes there was obviously extensive feedback from the public during the, the, the series being aired if at all how did the department respond to some of that? Well I, I think we took <laughs> as they weren't true we, we took not to respond at all, really. It was like it was stories being made up. I mean, one of them was that we're all getting paid, and how much the department got paid, or individual prisoners got paid. There was nobody paid a penny. No, nobody got any money out of it. So I could squash that room straight away. The prisoners had to, to sign uh, waivers so they couldn't go on and do reality programs afterwards because everybody thought that the prisoners were going to be whipped off and do something on Channel 4. They can't because waivers were signed. So, you know, we were also accused of not taking the victims. Uh, into account. That was absolutely totally wrong. I think there was about six or so of the, of the prisoners where there were vic- victims involved and they were spoken to uh, before the programme went out to get their permission to, you know, and they were happy with it. If they hadn't been happy with it then particular prisoners wouldn't have been filmed. You know, everything was done extremely careful. Um, as I said, no money was made and some of the rumours were just, just outrageous. I and what annoyed me most certainly with uh, our local uh, MHKs and MLCs, they know my door's always open. If they got to want to ask, ask a question or find out, you know, what's really going on, they should have come to me. Unfortunately, we had one or two who decided not to come to us and go straight to the newspapers with actual facts which were totally wrong. They were coming from some of the prisoners uh, that had actually been, um, had left prison in the past. And they were just total rumours. And we could have we could have stopped them all, had people had the you know pick up the phone, talk to us, or come to the department. So from that point of view, I was I was extremely um, disappointed. We did actually get one MHK in and talk to them, and he talked about two victims, and we said, well, tell the victims to get in touch with us because we've got a complete and utter 
system that we we can help them. Um, and you know, feel free. Now, nothing came from it. Nothing, you know, nothing happened. So, you know, we've done our best with victims. I think all the way down the line, we're extremely happy that they were, you know, in uh, before the program went out. And and Bob will probably confirm that. Uh, yes. It, where there were direct identifiable victims, and there were about 20 to 30 offenders um, involved in the program, uh, six were identified as uh, having to be approached beforehand. Um, and I, we did that with our colleagues in the constabulary. It's not possible to always, there is no victim database to pick up everyone who's been harmed by them in the past. But what I would say about victims is prison and probation of, of probably, and the Criminal Justice Board have done more in the last year than the previous 10 years. There is now a victim's code of practice, which is published. There is in probation a victim liaison officer. Prisoners now, sorry, uh, victims now have a voice on the parole committee where they can actually uh, give their views uh, in respect of the harm that um, offenders have actually done. We have a victims forum where we meet with uh, victims so that we can actually check our services. We take it very seriously and for people to sort of say that there was no regard to them uh, uh, is, is just untrue. I'm not suggesting necessarily this is a personal responsibility of yours, Mr Davis, but was there any temptation from the department to respond to some of these allegations whilst the show was, was ongoing? I think we took a, 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 a very uh, measured line in terms of responding. Um, you know, we, we, during, during the, the, the broadcast of the show, I think we just we, we let it run. Uh, and um, I think the minister was really clear that we, we wouldn't respond on an ad hoc reactive basis to stuff, particularly when it wasn't, wasn't when it wasn't true. Um, you know, prison polarizes and divides people. It always will. Uh, everybody has a view on it. And I think what we wanted to show is that we had a clean, well-run, safe prison. And I, I think we did. The view of people that you know, you shouldn't have a, you know, a, an enhanced regime that's um, an incentive for people is, you know, people, I think, I don't know whether people would be happier if we were still in Victoria Road, but, you know, Victoria Road prison was in clear contravention of human rights. People had to slop out. I, I think ultimately, you know, the Prison Reform Trust talks about it, the Howard Lead for People Reform talks about it, that the, the, the cleaner and safer and more well-run your jail is, your prison is, then the, the, the better your inmates and offenders will behave. Uh, and the better their relationships are with staff. And I think that's really clear from where we are. So it, 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 I think we want to respond on facts. We don't want to respond on, on emotion. It, it, you know, it, it's a political issue in, in lots of ways. I think, the, I think the bottom line is it works. Our rehabilitation figures, you know, have shown how well it works. So people can make all comments. It's a holiday camp and it's this, that and the other. The system that Bob has now got in there... Uh, uh, is working extremely well. Our rehabilitation is uh, is really, really good, and it, you know, it speaks for itself. So there's nothing else to say. And it, you know, what we are doing is working, and you know, I'm very proud of it. I think Bob's very proud of it. And, uh, you know, was there anything which was represented, or maybe I should say misrepresented, as being fact on the program, which wasn't fact? Do you think? Off the top of your head? I don't think there was any misrepresentation. There was probably some overemphasis on things like the prison shop. Mm. 
every jail, and, and once again, looking at the documentaries that Dan was talking about earlier, they show the prison shop, they show the pool table. Every prison in the country has that. There was probably more emphasis put on that than needed to be, and there was probably more emphasis on what prisoners can get and earn. Now, it is carrot and stick. What didn't come across is that hundreds of days have been added to this year by the independent adjudicators for prisoners who break our rules. Our segregation unit separates people for long periods on end. If you don't behave, then you get very little. You will be, and please look at the Winchester documentary, banged up in yourself for 23 hours a day, mm. without a television, with exercise, just for half an hour a day, and you get to clean your cell and nothing else. And I have no hesitation in, no, in those circumstances for those prisoners who won't behave. But if they do behave, then they should get the rewards. So whether that's spending more money, more access to the gym to improve their well-being and their fitness, to actually have visits to build the relationships with their families. And these are all the factors which actually... Dan spoke about the sort of the foundation of a clean, safe jail. Any community needs that to be able to get people to change. If, if in your community you don't feel safe, you won't come out of your door. In the prison community, that's the foundation. That relationship with the prison officers get people to make better choices. Every one of the offenders in Jerby is coming back into our community. Not a community, our community. Why would we want them to not be less of a risk? Why would we not want to prevent the next victim? So. What we're doing is well-established work around work, education, trust, and getting people, our interventions are all about making the right choices. And let's be honest, you know, as Bob said, the punishment isn't that you have filthy living conditions where you don't feel safe. The punishment <coughs> is you get told what time you're going to eat your meals. You get told what time your lights get off. You get told when you have to go back into your cell and you get told when you can talk to your family and friends. That's the punishment is is being withdrawn from society and having those privileges that we all take for granted taken away from you. It's not the conditions in which the prisoners are expected to live. And at the end of the day, they don't get to go home. They get to go into a cell and the door's locked, you know. So it's not all that sort of uh, rosiness that it's made out to be. I think a point maybe worth emphasising, which um, you've spoken about in previous interviews, um, the, the 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 people which appeared, who appeared on the series, were low level, if that's the right terminology, criminals or or low risk, perhaps. Would that, Mo be, a, would that be a fair generalisation? Do you think? I, I think if I compare it to across, most of our offenders are are low level. Um, not all of them. There are some very challenging people too, and some of those chose not to be on there for. I think understandable reasons because they're going to be before a parole committee at some stage. Uh, but we have um, a whole range of offences. So we have violent people, we have drugs, we have sex offenders and I think the staff manage them very well. Social media um, played a big part in lots of the response to uh, the series, perhaps inevitably for disseminating truth and, and otherwise. <coughs> is there any concern that whether or not the allegations were true or not, there's been some damage in reputational terms to the department? I wouldn't. I personally wouldn't say there's been damage to the department, but I, I really am very disappointed on how social media d dealt with it. Before the programme, I, I did lots of interviews where I emphasised that it was about rehabilitation and this is what we wanted to, to show the world how good we are at rehabilitation. Um, nobody put that part into their uh, 
into the articles or their broadcasts. I mean, Max Radio, you know, I'm not, was one of the worst because I did a, a, bit of a long interview with re, about rehabilitation and it wasn't mentioned at all. And I think if people had, had got to grips with that before the programme went out, um, it, it might have made people's attitude uh, a little different because, you know, we are very, very proud of our rehabilitation reputation. And uh, it, it wasn't, you know, our local stations and local papers weren't putting, putting that out. Although they came and individually interviewed me. I spent a whole afternoon there doing interviews with them. I think, uh, you know, there's a, there's a, I think there's a bigger issue with social media more, more generally, isn't there? You know, you look at some of the debates in the UK around Brexit, it's really polarised and social media is, is, is this kind of um, immediate gratification, isn't it? You know, people chuck out a comment or, 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 or jump on something and don't really think about what's behind it and, and it, it kind of... It, it, it is the man in line, all talking heads, isn't it, really? It's yeah. For, for anyone, any time of day... Yeah, it is. Place yeah, yeah. To, to share an opinion, to share a view, to share something, and you know, we don't, we don't immediately look look at the facts behind it. And prison, prison's really complex. The, the reasons why people offend are really, really complex. So to try and distill it into a short, few punchy tweets or a, you know, <coughs> a, a really binary argument as as to why it works or doesn't work is 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 futile, really, isn't it? It's pointless, and so. Um, you know that's but again that's that's you know you're never going to solve Brexit in 320 characters in a tweet or or whatever you know talk about immigration or any of these big topics and yet it's it's easy to to knock off a comment on Facebook or to challenge somebody on something and you know we don't we don't think about it it's something we do in a phone for 30 seconds and then move on and uh, I don't know I don't know how to change the debate I don't know how to change the discussion on it but I know that it, it isn't it isn't always helpful I don't think. Mm. By extension, then, um, is it possible to give a proper insight into a prison in six half-hour episodes? I I think what you've got to do is to actually try to actually give that. I I actually think you can, but you would have to um, have a much more structured approach to it. And I don't think it would be interesting television. I just don't. And, And this is what I do for a living. The reality is it was going to be a bit of both. And people will pick out of it what they want to pick out of it. A lot of preconceptions, uh, a lot of views about sort of what does and doesn't work. No one showed much interest in my prison before this. Now suddenly everyone's an expert on it. Um, I've only been doing this for 45 years. Was, was, um, was that inevitable, do you think, maybe? Yes, yeah. I, I, I didn't go into this with, with my eyes closed. Uh, and sometimes opening up the debate will give an opportunity to actually explain uh, what we do in our work. But some people will just not listen anyway. Some of the stuff I'm saying today, or, or Dan and the Minister, no one's going to take any notice of. Others, with more of an open mind, might just reflect and do it. But that's not the world we live in nowadays. But should we, because of that, hide away from it? No. I... I have a very good prison, and I should say, and probation. Probation were filmed too, um, but didn't feature in, in to the degree that I, I would have liked, because there's a lot of good work going mm. on there too, and a lot I mean, of very professional indeed. staff, uh, making sure people don't end up in prison. The criminal justice uh, board here generally, I think, is moving in the right direction. We are trying to catch people early and not criminalise them. But when they do come into the system, we try and make sure they don't come back again. We should be very proud of the fact that we're doing that. 
not many minutes left to go. I think a good way to close would be to get some of your your own thoughts reflecting on on the series. We're a little detached now from the last episode. Any regrets? Absolutely none. I I certainly don't have any regrets. I say I I had <coughs> final word. I we seen some pre um, pre programs before they went out, and I thought. It was unfortunately the, the the direction they went in, and as Bob said, the, the work our probation's doing is unbelievable. You know, we we really, um, my view is we we have a prison at times reach, reaching its full capacity. So the more prisoners we can get out, the better, and stop them uh, uh, reoffending again. That's what our job is, you know. And I, I think we're doing that quite well at the moment, and figures will show that. So I've got absolutely no regrets. I think the the program, as I said, could could have gone in a different direction, but we we couldn't edit it, and it wouldn't have been a program very w w done if we'd have started interfering with with what went out. Really, I suppose to to play devil's advocate a bit, six half hour episodes about rehabilitation might not have got three point nine million. Viewers, I mean, yeah, they they did mention it in the final program, yes, but I think they could have brought probation into it a little bit more, and maybe one or two of the other uh, things. It's they were repeating an awful lot of the stuff. Do you share those thoughts? Yeah, I, I don't think there's any point reflecting on what, what we could have done or differently or how we could have done it. I think, you know, we, 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 we'd certainly think really carefully about whether we did a, another, another series. Um, but look at Channel 4, look at HMP Winchester. Do we want a prison like that in the Isle of Man? I don't think so. Am I pretty happy with the prison we've got here? Yes. You've partly stolen my thunder, but only partly, because there, there are some whispers of, of Series 2. Have there been any, any discussions towards that thus far? I think our focus at the minute needs to be on, on the criminal justice system, how we make it better, how we intervene early, as Bob said. Um, I, I would say that you know any other series would have to be thought about very carefully and, and ask whether it, it distracts us from the day job of, of, of keeping the Isle of Man safe and, and helping t prisoners to reform their lives that have already offended so I think we'd have to have a little bit more say in what they actually were doing this time if there was going to be another <coughs> one uh, we uh, I would certainly want us to e emphasize some of the more important things uh, that we're doing at the prison so how, how would that be achieved do you think you would want an element more editorial control were another series to go ahead maybe I, I think we would be a, at a different starting position. We've had one series. Uh, they've clearly been pleased with what they've got because they're, they're coming back and wanting to discuss more. It would be on different terms, as the Minister and Dan says. But in, in truth, we, we don't, we're in no rush to do anything. We, we are concentrating on our day job. Uh, and uh, if, it, if it suits at some stage, then perhaps. But... Uh, as things stand at the moment, we're just going to get on with what we do. Are those discussions ongoing? You implied perhaps that there had been an approach? There's been an approach, but um, no, they're, they're not ongoing. Um, before I, I would even enter into those, I would need to discuss it with Dan and the Minister. Uh, and as I say, I, I'm more interested at the moment is that, you know, we're just uh, opening uh, Tremode House, uh, Community Rehabilitation Centre. Everything is joining up in our offender journey in terms of uh, reducing risk. That's where my concentration is because that's what my bosses expect me to do. By extension, um, how much of your time was invested in, in the programme and the process behind it over the past X amount of months, however far it went back? As it was going on, actually very little. 
Um, I don't push myself forward. Um, it's It needed to find its own level. Once it took place, an incredible amount. People have wanted my time and I've been put up for things um, and it has been a distraction. And uh, I don't... I don't actually feel I should have to defend the position of what is a very good institution and a very good service in prison and probation. But the truth is, is that I'll concentrate on the day job. I'm very much at the end of my career and I'm very proud of, of what that prison and probation represents. Do you think the positives from the series outweighed any perceived negatives? I think they did. I think we were well represented I think it showed the Isle of Man in a fantastic <coughs> light and it showed that we have got a prison which has benefited from uh, years of investment and and, 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 a, and a different approach to keeping people safe and re-offending. I think the Isle of Man was shown as a great place it, the weather was extremely good when they did that film you know the, the filming um, I don't think we should lose focus of that. I don't think we should lose focus of the, the 3.6 million people who actually watch the programme. I mean, we do the TT and that goes out around the world and we get, you know, a certain amount of people in different countries watching that. This was all UK viewers, 3.3 million. We're going to get something tourist-wise out of this. Uh, I'm, I'm quite sure. So, you know, I, I'm looking at the positive side that the Isle of Man was sold extremely well. Um, and I don't think there was that much negativity it was a lack of people knowing things, to be personally, um, in the programme. So I would like to see another programme. <coughs> but as, as you know, I said before, it would have to be on our terms. A big thank you. Thank you very much indeed um, to all three of our guests. We've had Home Affairs Minister Bill Malarkey, Home Affairs Chief Executive Dan Davis and the Isle of Man Prison Governor Bob McCollum. Thank you for giving up your time. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Don. You're welcome. After the one o'clock news with Ed Alden, we'll be looking at something completely different. Uh, diversification in the Queen's scallop industry. Join us after one.